0: They work with a slew of gateways and payment options. So credit card processors, PayPal, Braintree, Stripe. I haven't seen this many gateways in a while. 20, 30 different gateways. So they are really letting you choose whatever you currently have and want to work with. You can just bring it to the
1: Here is your host, Sam Gupta.
2: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the WBS Podcast. I'm Sam Gupta, your host and principal consultant at independent ERP and digital transformation consulting firm, Elevate IQ. Shopify is the name that is now synonymous with e-commerce. Shopify is so easy that you can get up and running within hours and start selling. You also probably don't need the coding background to start selling on Shopify. Then you have thousands of apps that are pre-integrated, but as you add more apps, the cost increases. Also, you might be limited with your options unless you use Shopify Plus, which is relatively expensive. So would Shopify be the right fit for any businesses? Or are there businesses that might not be a fit Shopify. In today's episode, we invited a panel of cross-functional experts for a live interview on LinkedIn who brings significant expertise to discuss Shopify's capabilities. We discussed their journey and the overarching corporate strategy to understand their product roadmap. Finally, we discussed their different tiers and how to evaluate Shopify as a platform for your next e commerce project. With that, let's get to the conversation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's show. And if you're joining for the first time, this is part of our e commerce series for which we meet every Wednesday at 5 30 p.m. Eastern. We pick one vendor or the solution that we review independently. For today, we are going to be reviewing one of the most popular e commerce platforms out there called Shopify. So we are going to have a lot of fun discussing that. Before we do that, we are going to start with everybody's intros. If you don't know me, I am Sam Gupta. I'm your host and principal consultant at Elevate IQ. Elevate IQ is the independent ERP e-commerce and digital transformation consulting firm. On that note, I am going to move
0: to my buddy Robert for his intro. Hi, my name is Robert Brown. I'm the principal of uh, Robert Brown e-commerce consultancy. I've been in e-commerce and digital for over 20 years, and I help businesses manage their implementations and and product selections to ensure they get the biggest bang for their buck.
2: Okay, amazing. Thank you so much uh, for being here, Robert. And if you're in the audience uh, and joining for the first time, Make sure you guys send your questions and comments. We typically try to cover them during the show towards the end, and if we run out of time, we'll make sure that you are going to receive your answers. On that note, I am going to start with the quick briefing, uh, Robert, about uh, you know Shopify, uh, and we are going to be providing the uh, play of the land overall from the uh, different mo- different platforms that we have reviewed so far, where Shopify really fits, and what is going to be their strength. And then, uh, you know, I would like to hear your perspective. What do you think? Uh, And then finally, we can probably review the the slides. Okay. Okay. So Shopify, in my mind, obviously, it's very, very, very popular in general. Uh, The way the solution is structured, it's going to be very similar to big as we had reviewed last time. Uh, Overall, in terms of go-to-market strategy, market penetration, uh, Shopify obviously is going to have much larger market share uh, you know just because uh, of the popularity of the solution. And I would think that the the overall marketing strategy, I think Shopify is really, really strong. From the innovation and the tech development perspective as well, I feel Shopify is way ahead. Uh, they have also done something very unique overall from the go to market strategy perspective. Uh, they have been acquiring a lot of different payment companies. Uh, you know, uh, everything is sort of very platform centric, the way Shopify likes to think. In fact, if you look at the current acquisition in last one or two years, they are sort of now trying to get into this whole fulfillment game. And again, they are not thinking just. From the platform perspective, sorry, not just from the technology platform perspective, they are thinking of this as more of the ecosystem is how I like to define uh, as that they are trying to build the the ecosystem. This we have seen with some of the other vendors as well, where payment companies are sort of buying the platform and they are sort of tying these offerings together. Uh, But uh, obviously Shopify, the way they like to think, the way they operate, the way uh, their acquisition strategy is it's just phenomenal. Overall, from the capabilities perspective, it's a very SMB solution. Uh, you know, they they are going to be really, really good in places where the product is not going to be very complex. Uh, I, in my mind, I think that is the real differentiator. When you look at Magento, when you look at BigCommerce, if you are going to have very complex product, and when I say complex product, typically that is going to be defined in terms of, okay, how many different variations, combinations do you have? You know, what is the sort of production process of the, um, the product as well? If it is going to be very simple, pretty, beautiful product that, uh, you know, it's going to be related to style. But even in the style segment, I think there are some layers where if you are going to have too many variants of the style, then I don't know if Shopify is really going to be a good fit. Uh, We are also going to be discussing their technology platform as well as the headless journey. Shopify seems to be way ahead in terms of their headless capabilities. At least uh, that's what I could gather, uh, you know, based on uh, the development stack and the platform that they have. BigCommerce, they are sort of claiming from the marketing perspective, but I could not really see that. But Shopify definitely has that and they have, really good ecosystem of developers who are championing the idea and they are really going after building the headless capabilities on, on Shopify. So I'm actually going to pause there. Robert, do you have any commentary that you might be able to offer?
0: Sure. So one of the things that I always told my kids is a marketer's job is to separate you from your money. Exactly. Now, this, this is not necessarily a bad thing. It's just for the business to run, they need to get customers. And so they're going to tell customers, the truth, but in an angle that benefits the business. Yep. And so Shopify does a lot of advertising. Their marketing and PR team is second to none. Yep. That is why they have so many sites is because they, they have penetrated into the market and made them, Understand that it is really easy to start up with Shopify, get a site going, and they have the apps and tools necessary for you to run your business. This is where it gets a little sticky. Unfortunately, more complicated businesses and executives that don't necessarily understand the concept of tech debt um, think, oh, I've heard a lot about Shopify. They seem to be really easy. Let's go use them. And they they sign up and they, they start running down that road and they really didn't do a deep comparison of their, their hardcore <clears throat> requirements and what they needed to be successful. Yep. And they suddenly find out that it ends up being a lot more costly yep. to meet their needs on Shopify than they maybe could have done on another platform. Yep. And, you know... So there's there's a lot of talk about using agile or you know uh scrum or kanban to try to deliver quickly. You know, yes, you can deliver quickly, but if you haven't done the deep analysis on really what you're trying to deliver you don't know what you're going to get at the end of the day.
2: Yeah, could not agree more. And in fact, I mean, see if you are going to be a larger company and typically there is going to be a little segmentation there that I did not cover during my briefing, which is yep. going to be OK. Whether you are looking at really the big solution in terms of Shopify, I think they have three different layers, uh, you know, Shopify basic and, you know, they also have Shopify light the way uh, big commerce uh, was sort of trying to integrate with some other CMS systems, for example, WordPress. But let's say if you are going to be a decent-sized business, uh, Robert, as you say, if you are a hobby, then you know you probably don't need to worry about the the technical details. Uh, you know, if you are going to be, let's say, a million, two million, three million dollar business, uh, then you know just try to run with Shopify, maybe just off-the-shelf theme. Uh, but when you are going to be that, you know, five, ten, fifteen million dollar business. That's where, uh, you know, rubber really meets the road because you are going to have too many channels, too many different, uh, you know, customer personas, uh, different business models that you need to meet. And that's where you are going to get into a lot of challenges. And then you are probably going to be requiring a million add-ons on on top of Shopify. Uh, and then you are going to be juggling between these vendors. Okay, whose problem this is? You have technical issues. So all of that is probably going to be there, but Shopify Plus is probably going to, Help you a little bit there because obviously that is going to have all of those enterprise capabilities. In fact, the way the product model is from the Shopify perspective, the way they are pricing their products, they obviously want you to push to you know Shopify Plus. You know, some people have complained that two thousand two thousand five hundred dollars per month, the fee that you have to pay, even that is high. If that is high, then you are probably a hobby, you are not a real business yet.
0: So <laughs> yeah, so let's let's look at some of the the key components that we have covered on a yeah. number of different platforms that we have identified as right. being key things that people should look for. So the number of variations of a product. Yep. You know that is you know how does this platform handle that versus some of the other platforms? Does it do kits? Does it do bundles? You know? Does it do um, you know part of the purchase order process? How does it handle in terms of your inventory and keeping track of that? So there's there's just some pieces of it. Um, you know, there's there's a much larger list, but those are just some of the things that, you know, we'll take a look at later on in the show.
2: Yeah. And when you are going to be needing those features, I don't think Shopify is going to be a good fit because that's where you are probably going to be needing a lot of add-ons in general. So if you are playing vanilla shop, let's say a million dollar and you are not worrying about inventory just yet, you know, kids... A smaller business, I don't know if you really need to worry about that. If you are probably just B2C business, then Shopify is going to be great. But I mean, when you get into those advanced features where you are sort of, you know, uh, trying to uh, build kits, have really complex pricing algorithm, you know, then uh, and then inventory, as you correctly pointed out, then you are probably going to be needing some add-ons. And, you know, the problem is going to be in the communication between
0: those add-ons. Yep. Just remember, the more add-ons, the more integrations you have, the more complex it gets. And then who's going to, you know, back you up when you have that. Exactly. And I
2: have heard this from a lot of different customers. And the reason Robert customers come to us is because number one challenge is always going to be inventory because that is never going to be one-to-one when you are going to be dealing with these add-ons. Because again, I don't think it's just the integration. Number one, integration is going to be really flaky because they are trying to integrate using web hooks. Uh, and, you know, uh, you can only go so far with webhooks, then, you know, you need to sort of build the enterprise architecture if you are, if you really want to be confident in your inventory. So whichever customers come to us, the reason why they come to us is because, okay, they have what, 25, 30 different, you know, tools that they are using. And, you know, obviously they have real challenges with uh, their inventory, the way they are dealing. They have real challenges with their fulfillment. Um, And that's why, you know, they need to figure out, okay how to do this. You are always going to be needing, you know, some sort of Shopify uh, as the storefront. But for the whole inventory, uh, you know, your operations, that's where it it gets really complex when you are going to be 10, 15, 20 million dollars.
0: Yeah. The other piece that we need to take a look at is what do they do out of the box versus what your current process is? and do you modify your process to meet their out of the box or do you modify their out of the box to meet your process and where where is the cost and time exactly. resource allocation to make that happen because typically when you're moving to a new platform so we're we're talking to the folks that are on an existing platform that are looking to potentially upgrade we're not looking you know the, the people who are seeing this show are probably not the startup saying hey which platform should i use yeah so that if you have an existing platform, that means that you're going to have to rely on your staff to do their day job, plus put in extra hours to try to understand does which platform makes sense for us and what do we need to do to make it work. Exactly.
2: Exactly. Great point. So, Robert, if you have any other comments, we can take those oh. or we can uh, move to the slides and we can cover some of those and then um We'll discuss some more. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we have uh, some comments here. And I think the number of customers that are noted on Wikipedia is roughly what 1.7 million, if I'm reading this right, in uh, 175 countries as of May 2021. Can you believe this? When we look at, uh, you know, BigCommerce, I think they had about 60,000, if I remember right, Uh, 60,000 versus 1.7 million uh, businesses. Uh, One thing to note, I'm pretty sure BigCommerce is giving the free trial as well. I don't know if they have the 30-day free trial, and I don't know if those 30-day free trial customers are actually included as part of this or not, but that could be another factor that you probably need to be looking at, that, you know, you have a lot of different businesses that are simply trying shopify so i don't know if everyone is going to be uh, a customer and uh, when you are looking at uh, platforms such as shopify lite sometimes you know a customer may have 10 or 15 or 25 different uh, storefronts and the reason why they have 25 different storefronts is because they are probably making Uh, you know, $100,000 in the whole year, but they might be selling in 25 countries. Uh, So they cannot really afford Shopify Plus, but they are going to have 25 stores. Uh, Yes, there is going to be manual effort in managing all of these stores, but at that stage, probably you are going to be okay. So that could be the reason why you have such high number because again, for Shopify, you don't really require much of the development uh, help because Shopify has made it really, really easy Anybody can can uh, build the store within a few hours if you are going to go for, let's say, even WooCommerce, to be honest. Okay. Uh, Magento is definitely no. Okay. I don't think you can do it as a business owner. You probably need to have a little bit of development skills, uh, you know, if you want to do Magento. Shopify is the only platform, I believe. When I tried to play with BigCommerce myself, Robert, uh, you know, it wasn't as easy. Uh, you know being myself as a developer can you believe this okay it was okay i had to figure things out and then uh you know that but shopify was well, super easy uh, you know anybody can pick it up uh, even if you don't have any technology background whatsoever
0: yeah i've you know i've played with with both of them as well and big commerce i did have to give their support team a call occasionally because there were some things that just didn't make sense to me but afterwards it's like okay i i don't agree with the way that you implemented that the cx is pretty bad but fine you know and i was able to work through it it just took time exactly exactly
2: okay um so some more insights here so here they are saying according to built width and i don't know robert if you were using this website to check the other uh this is the one that you were using right yep. 1.5 uh okay 1.58 million um websites run on shopify platform as of 2021. Uh, Uh, According to W3Tax, 4.4% of the top 10 million websites use. Again, uh, that's a very high number. Uh, If you look at the total GMB, uh, that is roughly, what, $61 billion? Uh, Even that is very high. I don't recall what we saw uh, during Magento show. They had very high as well because the kind of brands and the stores That they are going to have are going to be much larger but nowadays uh, with shopify plus i guess you know even shopify plus has very large customers in general Mm -hmm. so what else do i have here um so one of the things that i don't think we have covered so far is going to be their technology which is very unique and strange uh you know compared to the other platforms that we have reviewed so the most popular is always going to be php because PHP is the language of web, always, okay? But that is also probably the slowest, uh, you know, uh, worst-performing language that you can probably find. Uh, but the world probably runs on PHP, so, okay, so we all probably need to do that, uh, thanks to WordPress and Magento, obviously, and the open-source community, and that's why we have so much penetration of PHP. Uh, the second in my mind is probably going to be JavaScript. Uh, that is probably second most penetrated Uh, And again, I am not talking about any other development. We are only talking about web development here, web platforms, e-commerce platforms. So we have seen, uh, you know, JavaScript enterprise platforms. A lot of them are probably going to be using Java because of the security, because of the issues around the scripting language. If it were me, I would definitely want my language to be at least typed if I am using that for the server-side programming. And then I probably would want something that compiles. Again, if I'm looking for the enterprise security, but that may not be the best experience for the developers. And that's why you have languages such as JavaScript that are being penetrated at this point of time. But this one is Ruby. Uh, Ruby is very niche community. It's a very different tribe in general. Uh, okay, there are only very few people who really appreciate and like and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Ruby, but the people who are on Ruby, they are
0: absolute
2: fans. Uh, of that programming language i am not hearing uh, a lot that people are really adopting ruby in 2022 uh you know i don't think you will probably consciously choose ruby uh, you know because i don't think uh, it has the same popularity that it used to have let's say back in 2005 2000 uh, you know six. uh but this one is written in ruby so again that could be a red flag Uh, But then from your perspective, you are not necessarily using Ruby. You probably are going to hire developers. And if you have to hire a developer, they are probably going to know know the Liquid, which is the templating language that they use. Uh, For the most part, if you're looking at the workflows of the practitioner, uh, then your workflows are going to be really easy. The only thing you really need to worry about is going to be some of the liquid variables probably that is also very easy shopify has made it really easy uh but if you are going to run into run out of any scenarios then obviously you need to go to the developers and those developers could be slightly more expensive because ruby talent is hard to find in general uh, in the market you are going to Uh, have much easier time finding javascript or or php okay so here they have acquired a lot of different companies and some acquisitions were really interesting they acquired a lot of design studios uh, which we have not seen with any other platforms so obviously they were always very big uh, you know in terms of the design capabilities and you can see on the platform uh, they are really really good at obviously the design itself of their platform and the brands that they are targeting they must be Uh, You know, after the design and the aesthetics, those are the brands that Shopify is really trying to go after. And that's why they are trying to be top uh, in the game. From the design perspective, some of the industrial e-commerce platforms that you are going to review, they are going to feel very ugly in general. So obviously, you can't have the style brand or the fashion brand <laughs> of those platforms. I don't know how that is going to come across, but Shopify is definitely very pretty in general. Okay, so I think the game changed for Shopify when they really started doing the payment. I don't know if commerce has their own payment. Robert, do you know by any chance?
0: Uh, no, I, I actually don't, but I can look it up.
2: Yeah, I I really don't think big commerce doesn't that again the the whole notion of combining your payment with your e-commerce platform the platforms that have combined the payment they are becoming really big even though you know the other platforms are going to claim that uh you know you don't have to use our payment but obviously the platform is going to be expensive so what companies like Shopify, Shift Pay, uh Square what they are trying to do is they are trying to subsidize the
1: cost
2: uh, of uh, the platform towards the payment. So, you know, if you use their payment, obviously, you don't have to pay as much for the platform. So that's the value add. In my mind, the numbers, uh, you know, they are always going to be fancy. You are probably going to be paying about the same with every single platform. They are very uh, good at financials. Uh, You know, what you should be looking at, what is the right fit? Uh, Because that's where you are going to get into a lot of different challenges overall from the experience adoption perspective. Okay, so 2014 is where they had announced the Shopify Plus platform, and that's where you have the enterprise-grade capabilities. Even if you are going to be like, and I am using word enterprise, but these companies are nowhere close to being enterprise. Even the company that is going to be probably two, three, four, five million dollar in revenue, they probably would require Shopify Plus uh, because one of the uh, biggest feature of Shopify Plus is going to be managing your multiple stores and sort of communication between those stores. And that's a huge advantage in my mind, even though you are probably going to be paying $2,000 per month, uh, you know it's not as high uh, for a platform in my mind. Some
0: other key- Yeah, go ahead. To answer your question, um, no, BigCommerce does not have their yeah. own. They, have, they work with a slew of gateways and payment options. So credit card processors, PayPal, Braintree, Stripe, Aiden, Affirm, PayLater, Bolt, Digital Wallets, Apple, Amazon, Google, Visa, um, and then Florida. I haven't seen this many gateways in a while. 20, 30 different gateways. So they are really letting you choose whatever you currently have and want to work with. You can just bring it to them.
2: Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, BigCommerce and Shopify both. I think you are going to find a lot of options in terms of number one payment, number two shipping, and number three add-ons. Okay, mm-hmm. these uh, you know uh, platforms are very well penetrated overall in these three spaces, and that's a real value add to be honest. Okay, so if you are going to go for some of those enterprise platforms, I don't know if you are going to like it if you are going to be in these ecosystems where you are going to run into a problem where you let's say want a you know a small add on to display your free shipping at, at on top you are probably going to find a plugin now getting a plugin is easy maintaining that over the period of time is very 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 difficult because you know at the end of the day all of these plugins what they are doing is number 1 they are sharing the code base uh, number 2 they are sharing the database okay and when you have 25 plugins when everybody is sort of trying to uh, share that, sure, Shopify is going to have some governance process uh, in terms of making sure that people are not fighting with each other, but that is always going to happen because, you know, uh, they are independent companies, they are developed independently by those companies. So th- I don't think anybody's doing testing, okay, if you have plugin one, whether that can work with you, when you have, let's say, uh, plugin two, plugin three, plugin four installed at the same time,
0: uh, right. right, Robert? for anybody that has had our friend that's a php background exactly and all those plugins from that vendor that will not be named you know that you end up with conflicts the plugin may say that it's it's certified with your version of the product but given the number of plugins that they have there's no way that that small little two-man shop can test against all the plugins in the in the universe and in that ecosystem and so I have had experiences where I've had stores go down every single day, even though I had the store on like auto update, right? So all the plugins were automatically being updated, but they maybe missed a conflict. And so it updated and the store shut down. And then, you know, you had to be in there for hours debugging, trying to figure out which plugin blew up. What functionality are you losing to try to get it fixed? So so it will happen.
2: Exactly. And by the way, when you look at the if this were happening, let's say in your ERP system, you know, no worries. It's an internal system. Nobody cares. But here, the problem with e-commerce platforms is that your friend Google is watching and uh, Google is kind of mean. Okay, so if your store is going to go down, they are not going to be cool with it. You are going to be penalized. And the reason why you are in the e-commerce business is because of your traffic. So do not mess with your traffic and Google.
0: Yeah. And then, you know, one of the things that people tend to forget because you just don't have the systems in place in-house to to turn the switch on, on and off. If your site goes down because of a te- technical issue, you still have ad campaigns running. So you're still yeah. driving traffic to a dead site. So you're spending money to drive traffic to a dead site to create a, a ticked off customer. It says, why is their site down? Why am I going to go here? I better look for their competitor. Maybe they're up. Oh, wait. Amazon is always up. Let me go there
2: exactly great points uh, robert um okay so some more comments here um yeah i think that's pre- and and by the way shopify has done one more thing which is the they are launching their experience stores uh, which is similar to your apple concept i think you know we are going to see uh, a lot more of uh, experienced stores later on. But again, what Shopify is trying to do is they are trying to create the community and the community experience. They are trying to invite the store owners to sort of, you know, hang out with the other store owners. And that community experience obviously has the snowball effect. And that's the reason why they are doing it. Um, so, you know, that's why they are genius in terms of their marketing, as uh, Robert, you correctly pointed out.
0: Yeah, the, the experience stores can be a lot of fun. You know, I I've been to the Apple Experience Store. I've been to the Samsung Experience Store. Microsoft did a really bad job. <laughs> I've been to theirs. Um, yeah. Samsung, Samsung, and Apple are usually you know point on of, yeah. of creating a great experience and and sparking some creativity.
1: Yeah, great points.
2: Uh, okay, so some more uh, points here overall uh, from the Shopify's strategy. So they have. Uh, acquired some more uh, design studios. Uh, And this is the full-service television and the film content and production house. Uh, I don't know how they are utilizing it, Robert. I don't know if you have any sort of insights there. Uh, (laughs) They have also done a lot in the cannabis space. Uh, They capitalize on that. Uh, Most of the cannabis um, uh, sort of companies are uh, definitely in Shopify. Um, So they were really ahead in that game as well. In uh, 2019, Shopify acquired Handshake, a business-to-business e-commerce platform for wholesale goods. And I don't know where that is right now, Robert. I don't know if you're going to have any sort of insight there. Uh, The Handshake team was integrated into Shopify Plus. That would be my guess as well, uh, because Shopify Plus is what they are trying to position. It as uh, their B2B platform. And then in 2019, Uh, Shopify announced that it would launch its fulfillment network. Uh, The service promises to handle shipping logistics for merchants and will compete with an established leader, which is Amazon FBA. So there has been sort of the love and, uh, uh, you know, competitive relationship between Amazon and Shopify. Uh, Initially, Amazon said that, you know what, they are going to kill their own e-commerce platforms uh, and they are going to recommend, okay all the merchants to go to Shopify. But then Shopify started creating what Amazon had. My understanding of Amazon's strategy was that they were probably trying to play nice, but something happened in between, and that's why Shopify is now trying to be more like Amazon. I don't know what is going to be next for Shopify. Maybe a marketplace like Amazon, but they are definitely trying to go deeper overall in in their capabilities.
0: Well, so this is one of my pet peeves, And, and that is people like to compare Shopify and Amazon um and you can't and the right. the reason they like to compare the two is they because shopify has such a good marketing team that so many people know about it and it's it's expanding into so many different areas that they're like oh man look at what shopify's doing look at amazon's doing their business models are completely different at the moment yep. amazon is in my humble opinion predatory of third party sellers they are trying to take over and be the first party seller for many, many brands. So basically think about what Macy's did, right? So they, they want to be the Macy's of the internet and they want everybody to think of them. I'm surprised they haven't come up with their own Santa Claus parade. And um, so they want, so they are the platform that everybody sells from. So if you go walk into a Macy's or a Nordstrom's or whatever else, you have 42 different brands, all sold by Nordstrom's, all sold by Macy's. Yeah. and they are your single customer experience. Shopify is only providing you the technology for you to create that direct experience with the customer. And so I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to give retailers a leg up against the Amazon machine because Amazon is, is a, a dive to the bottom. You know, if you look at their, Rick Watson has done a lot of reviews on amazon and and what they've been doing and you know a lot of other people have looked at their balance sheets and realized that they're really not making any money off of retail they're making money off of you know all the data and all of the the technology but the retail they're not so really what it's doing is it's causing retailers to go on there so they can get volume but they're not increasing their profits yeah so and shopify is looking at it differently and saying you know what We've got this fixed price. We're not taking a chunk out of your sales. We're not taking 30% of your sales to be your platform. You're going to handle all of that. So you can manage your costs. You can decide what makes business sense for you. But we're going to start to put together the ecosystem so you can effectively fight against Amazon if you don't want to go that route. So they're trying to help you become multi-channel. And I think that's important. That's my two cents.
2: Yeah, uh, you know, I agree to some extent, and I think that both have their own values. I don't think anybody should be ignoring either Amazon or Shopify. Uh, You should probably be, uh, you know, tapping into both and see what is going to work for you. Uh, In general, you know, both, I'm going to agree with you that they are not really comparable. Uh, They bring different value to the table and figure out, you know, what is going to work for you. Okay, so Robert, if you don't have any other comment... Okay, so some more very interesting act- acquisitions, and if you look at 2019, and this is something I learned yesterday, I didn't even know that they had acquired Six River Systems. Uh, okay, so now they are getting into the whole warehouse robotics, uh, you know, play because they are trying to become the whole uh, fulfillment arm. Uh, they are they want to provide the entire infrastructure, and the only thing the uh, e-commerce merchants need to worry about is going to be that customer experience piece uh, that, Robert, you pointed out. Uh, You know, I don't know how that is going to go, both as its own pros and cons. Uh, To be honest, if we had Phil here, uh, he would argue that, you know, I don't want my customer experience to go or my fulfillment experience to go to anybody else because that is also part of your customer experience. So he would never agree that, you know, sure, you can use 3TL, uh, you know, for let's say 5%, 10% of the business. But let's say if you are thinking of 10, 100% dropshipping, you are not a serious business just yet. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> right? So I think, you know, you need to mix and match. And that's where your architectural complexity is going to be. And the way I like to think is, you know, most people might think, okay, he's talking about architecture. That's a very technical concept. Your architecture is your business model. Okay? Architecture defines, uh, you know, how your customer experience is going to be how your processes are going to be. So you need to figure out your business architecture, your information architecture, your data architecture, system architecture, and all of these combined is
0: what is called your business model. Exactly. So going back to the whole 3PL piece of it, right? So let's say that you're a retailer based, you know, a $20 million retailer based here in the Northeast, but you know that a third of your business comes from the West Coast, but you're losing most of your profitability because you're shipping all the way from the East Coast. So it takes you have to, if you're an Amazon seller, and you want to keep prime, you have to do two-day shipping. So that eliminates most of your profits. So you think, okay, let me go 3PL on the West Coast. Okay. So you set up the 3PL. You send over your inventory. So now you have to manage inventory in two locations to try to make sure that you have it properly allocated in the two warehouses. That's a little complex for yep. the average folk. Okay. Then you want to make sure that you're actually utilizing the three PL. So it makes sense for you to have your product there because you get charged however long it's there, kind of like you do when you're at Amazon and FBA. Yeah. So you have to increase your advertising, increase your, your strategy for that West coast product to make sure that you're turning it over. Eventually you're going to determine if you continue to grow your business on that side of the country, it makes sense for you to have a warehouse. It certainly doesn't beforehand. If you've only got a few pieces, you don't have that much business coming from there and you want to expand out there. Great. You can do shared warehouse. You can do 3PL or you can ship from the East Coast. But that those are some of the thought processes that you have to go through when you start thinking about becoming multi warehouse.
2: Yeah, completely agree. Thank you so much for those insights, Albert. So some more things, I think they have been exploring a lot more uh, with the Chinese merchants as well. Not Chinese merchants, uh, basically the China market, I guess. They are doing a lot of partnership with respect to your LTA. They have done that. They are also trying to get into this whole uh, AR game as well based on their acquisition. Uh, And then they have done something in the influencer marketing space. So they are trying to tap into that uh what else am i looking at here and the deliver is the you know one of the most promising uh acquisition that they had done and finally the recent one that they have done with clayview so i think the way they are operating they want to control the whole fulfillment they want to provide the entire infrastructure they also want to control uh, the platform side of the customer Experience and that's why probably they have invested in Klaviyo as well. And then the whole payment and that's where payment is where the power is in general for e-commerce. And Shopify always wanted to control that. That is was the first thing that they had uh, always done.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, so now let's look look into the integrity of the Shopify. So they have three different versions. And and Robert, if you want to take a lead on this one, uh, you know, please feel free.
0: Sure. So last week when we talked about big commerce, all of these rates. We're gone. It was a flat rate for big commerce and they have purposely priced themselves just a little bit below Shopify because that's just a strategy. They're trying to make people realize that you're going to pay this entry fee. Now, if you look at these, these credit card rates online versus in person, the online rates are pretty much typical stripe rates. You know, the, the online rate of 2.9% plus 30, you know, 30 cents per transaction dropping down to 2.6 for, the, the basic version in 2.4 versus the in-person with the credit card. Now, the 2.7 with 0% transaction fee and 2.5 and 2.4, those are not great rates if if you actually are doing in-person swipe with a credit card machine. So, you you know, if you have your own, uh, let's say, Costco credit card merchant services. So that's, that's run by Elevon. Um, you can actually get like 1.38 for a debit card with like 10% processing fee. Um, But the problem with the in-person processing fees is you don't know the kind of card that you have presented. And so those cards and the charges for them can vary greatly. You are by the Credit Card Association's um, bylaws. So like Amazon and MasterCard specifically said, a merchant is not allowed to um, reject a card because of the card type and they purposely don't mark the cards. So you don't know whether you have, let's say a special business points gathering card, or a cashback card, or um, you know, free travel card. You just don't know what kinds they are. You just have to take the card. It's only after they've processed it that you learn the rate that you're gonna pay when the person is presented that card. And those cards that give the customer points or cash back, are really charging the merchant for those services. So Amex, a lot of small merchants that you know stopped accepting Amex because they were charging 5% for all the transactions. So some of them will charge you up to 5% and you don't know. So if you want to fix your rate, and that's what Stripe has done for you, is they're giving you an average um they're saying you know what we will eat the difference we think it's going to average out to this and of course they've negotiated some better rates with the um the companies because they have so many transactions so they're going to give you 2.7 2.5 or 2.4%. That's you know a bigger piece of mind for many merchants because it allows you to project exactly what your costs and your revenue and income you know and profits are going to be right um and the transaction fees using Shopify payments you have no transaction fee and look Using external gateways, they're going to charge you a little bit of money. Yep. So, you know, you really, the the best way to do this is, you know, have your finance person, because it's probably not your accountant. You have to have somebody who, you know, really good with spreadsheets and you download the data from your, your processor and you just start running some numbers and figure out what's going to cost you and see what makes sense to you. Yeah,
2: I agree. Great insights there, Robert. So I'm actually going to touch on this comment from Spencer uh, first, and then Robert, if you have any insights, obviously you can add there as well. Uh, So first off, big shout out uh, to Spencer. Uh, Thank you so much for joining. And, uh, you know, uh, for the listeners, make sure you guys connect with Spencer. Spencer uh, Orth is the uh, name, and and make sure you follow him. So once again, the question that he has asked is, uh, I was just going to ask about Shopify's b2b options so now depending upon how you define b2b um to be honest okay if you're looking for very deep b2b options which is going to be the way robert had mentioned that you are looking for um you know kitting assembly uh, if you have very complex uh processes where you let's say need to get some sort of po and then you have your punch out if you have all of that b2b workflow then shopify is probably not going to be a good fit. Um, you know, even if they have announced that they are going to have uh, a lot of B2B options. So for B2B, Shopify is probably uh, not a great product. But now, let's say if you have B2C-like, you know, transactions for your B2B business where you don't really uh, have sort of the customers are not going to really buy on the account, they are probably utilizing their credit card. So essentially what they are doing is they are really consumer. In those cases, probably it might work out. But when you get into the serious B2B processes, um, you know, you are probably going to be requiring a lot of add-ons. So your best bet is probably going to be uh, go for something like either BigCommerce or Magento. Those uh, platforms are going to be slightly superior for B2B experience. Uh, Robert, do you have anything to add there? No,
0: I think that you covered it well.
2: Okay, Amazing. Thank you so much. Uh, So let's actually move to some more. Uh, slides here so i think you know robert you have already uh, provided insights do you want to provide insights on uh, the shopify lite uh, as well as uh, shopify plus uh, and the payment gateways
0: so shopify lite is really for the beginner the basic it's it's you know if you want to sell on facebook and chat with your customers um, it it makes it easy because there's a lot you know the facebook meta universe is still pretty big So the key here is you have to understand who your customer is and where you're actually going to make sense selling to them. You know, don't just go into a market because everybody else is doing it. You have to know who your customer is. The biggest, the biggest thing I see on LinkedIn and many of the other platforms when I see a new seller is they, they start complaining that they're not making sales and their customers aren't buying their advertising and they're they're not getting the growth that they think they should be getting. And my first question to them are is, you know, who's your customer? Why do they shop with you? Why are you different than anybody else? When you can start answering those questions, then you'll start to understand where you need to be and what tools you should start using. Yeah, exactly.
2: Great points there. Um, so now I'm actually going to move uh, to some more capabilities here. So we have uh, you know, some of the shipping options, and they have their Shopify discounted rates as well for shipping. So again, what Shopify is providing you is a lot of different ways of saving money. In my mind, if you are going to be using their options, uh, obviously, but sometimes you might get far cheaper rate if you actually shopped around and got it from outside. So, okay, so make sure you sort of compare at least and run the numbers the way uh, Robert was trying to recommend. Yeah,
0: you know, like for this, this in, in particular, right? I know that I don't have an e-commerce store anymore. I, I've just got my consulting business and my wife has her dance studio and i called up fedex and i said hey can i have an account because it just makes it a lot easier when i have to ship something back yeah. either shipping something to my son as as a care package monthly when he's away at college or shipping some costumes back for the dance studio it's easier to walk in with that pre-printed label right so then i don't have to pull up my driver's license credit card and do all that verification stuff sales reps call me on a literally on a monthly basis and they keep dropping my walk-in rate so me, who ships maybe once or twice a month, I get 50% off ground. I get 65% off air just just as a normal person without even having any volume. If you have volume, then it drives down even further. And so, you know, you really have to know your rates and, and have some sales reps and accounts. And one of the things I always recommend is if you're an e-commerce store, have two vendors. Have two shipping vendors because... If one fails, you at least have somebody else to fall back on.
2: Yeah, could not agree more. Great advice there, Robert. Um, So some more comments here. Uh, You know, Overall, I I found this uh, particular feature very exciting and Shopify has a lot of different features just for uh, the user experience. So here we are talking about automated collections. Uh, So far, I don't think I have personally seen in any other platforms. Uh, They might have that. They might not be as user-friendly, but here when you are going to be adding your product, uh, that's going to be added directly to your categories. So you don't have to do uh, the manual work and the way their algorithm works for the automated category allocation, that's very robust as well. Uh, you know, and, and you can probably uh, base that on any of the attribute of the data model. And uh, Shopify data model, uh, in general, is slightly more on a richer side, even though it cannot really do those complex B2B and, and product workflows. Data uh, model is is not as lean as you would notice in and some other platforms uh, that you are going to uh, probably explore so here when you are going to look at these screens uh, you know you and, and if you are simply comparing screen to screen you are not going to see a lot of different op- options options uh, but the reason why you are not seeing those options is because shopify has done you know and built all of these workflows as part of your your user journey as you are going to be exploring the platform so you are going to find those options as you are Uh, looking for them inside your settings, inside uh, products. Uh, So everything is going to be well organized. It's just that, you know, it's not going to feel very overwhelming when you are going to look at your top options. So here, you know, when you're going to look at, you're going to see orders, products, customers. uh, But, you know, when you look at the other platforms, you might see codes, you might see cards, you might see shopping lists. Now that is not there, okay? That's where your B2B experience kicks in. So, so Shopify is not going to have all of that. If you want that, then you are probably working with the apps provided by Shopify developers. Uh, you know, but they all are going to be charging number one monthly fee. Uh, their their development quality is probably not going to be as good as Shopify, and then they are sort of fighting with each other <laughs> with their development library, So you are going to get a lot of issues there.
0: So is this your uh, shout out to IKEA?
2: Uh, shout out to IKEA for the compare chair. Uh, are you referring to that?
0: Well, we're talking about Swedish krona here.
2: Right. Yes. 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 <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> exactly. So that is definitely there. Now, some of the features that uh, you know we have noticed in, in the case of Shopify that are very unique uh, is going to be your compare at price uh, that I don't think I have seen in any other platform. That could be slightly more involved when you are going to be implementing that functionality. And, you know, in the case of WooCommerce, I'm pretty sure you would probably require a plugin uh, to be able to enable that. But, you know, compared price is a very important feature that you want to have for your e-commerce, even if you are going to be a small shop. So Shopify uh, is providing that out of the box.
0: And to, answer, to your point about WooCommerce, yes, that would be a plugin, but that is a plugin that was created by WooCommerce. So at least you would know that it would work with the WooCommerce implementation. Okay, very
2: interesting insight there. Thank you so much,
0: uh, Robert, for that.
2: Here, the variants, I think variants is going to be very uh, important as well. Uh, my understanding is that Shopify still has that 99 uh, variant limit and the way it works is when you are going to have different combination of your products, which is going to be your, let's say if you have your length and size uh, you know, of your product and you are looking at all of the permutation combinations, if those are going to be more than 100, then Shopify is to probably Uh, not going to be a good fit, then you probably need to create another SKU, uh, you know, and then you are looking at all those SKU maintenance uh, issues. So if you have a lot of different variables that go with the product, Shopify is probably not a good fit for you.
0: Yeah. So according to Shopify, it specifically says you can have up to 100 variants for a product. Each product can have up to three options. The options can be different from product to product. For example, one product can use size, color, and style. The other product can use weight, finish, and material.
2: Yeah, that's very limiting in my mind. And I've seen a lot of the style and the apparel brands oh. using that. And they have literally like 20 variables as part of their product. So I don't know how apparel brands are really <laughs> using Shopify, uh, you know. Uh, so that's where the whole B2C, B2B argument probably uh, is going to be a little trickier. That Shopify, again, I think it's the product complexity. How simple is your product versus how complex is your product mix? And product mix is going to include your variants as well.
0: Yeah, I can think of, for example, um, my running shoe. My running shoe, um, they usually come out with five variations, color variations, a season. And then if you think about all the size variations for men and women, that ends up being an awful lot. I know.
2: I know. We are looking at roughly 50, at least, at least 50. If you're yeah. looking at just the color and the size, probably you are going to have 10 variations of size. Uh, but that's not enough because you are going to have season, you are going to have brand. You know, <laughs> Retail business is very complex in general. Yeah. Okay. Um, some more things. Uh, discount codes are very, very, very well done in my mind, the way they are done. Sure, you are probably going to find similar options in BigCommerce as well. Uh, but it wasn't as intuitive as Shopify. Um, So which is provided as part of the, uh, you know, your uh, platform, I could not necessarily see the pricing. And I think the pricing, uh, uh, they are probably mixing it uh, with discounting. So pricing does not have its own layers. Uh, It's going to, uh, you know, support your minimum price. It's going to support compared price. But pricing did not have the same layer that you are probably going to have in your B2B scenario. So, again, that's where your B2B versus B2C 2 experience is going to be handy, because in the case of B2B, you are looking at customer-specific pricing. You are looking at customer-group-specific pricing. Here, you are probably not going to have all of those options. Yeah, so this,
0: j- just for information purposes, this is very similar to, like, WooCommerce in yeah. terms of the very vari- options that they give you.
2: Amazing. Now, this is very interesting. And these are the template emails for the customer experience. Uh, In my mind, typically, this is going to be very difficult to implement. uh, If you are going to be uh, implementing this in any of the uh, e-commerce platforms where you are getting a lot more flexibility. In my mind, I think this is a very similar experience as uh, your Yesware or HubSpot, uh, whatever you are going to use, where you are simply... Replacing some of the variables for your marketing automation, but here the number of options that you are going to get, number of uh, you know properties that are going to be available for you uh, to create that experience is going to be just mind blowing. So here you will probably need to know a little bit about uh, you know HTML, CSS to be able to manipulate these. Uh, but at least you have the option to be able to do this easily. You don't have to open your IDE to be able to change your your emails. So I kind of like it.
0: Yeah, I think I think this is great. And I would say that the the average marketer these days is far more comfortable doing this than they were, say, 15, 20 years ago. You know. um, Email providers like MailChimp, you know, have their variables as well or, you know, liquid variables like they're calling it. And so marketers have become very used to using this kind of um, variable format to adjust and modify communications with customers for personalization. I think it's great.
2: Yeah, could not agree more. Okay, some more layers here. The taxation, in my mind, I think it's done really, really well. Um, You know, and again, that's going to be the argument between your B2C and B2B here. You are probably going to require a lot of different taxation layer when you are selling in multiple countries. And Shopify has done really, really well there. uh, When you are looking at things like tax override, I don't think I have seen that You know, anywhere else where you are looking at correlation of your shipping to taxes. So that's a very complex functionality. Your uh, fraud prevention is done very well as well uh, in general. But if you're looking at very sophisticated functionality, you might end up getting a plugin. And for fraud prevention, it might be okay to get a plugin uh, because that's a very external process. It's not as hardwired with your inventory. But uh, by default, Shopify is providing a lot uh, of the basic uh, features that you're going to be needing. To run your store uh, and that's why it's really very friendly for a smaller business the bulk editor is just phenomenal okay uh, i don't think i have seen the bulk editor especially for the product okay uh, anywhere else so this is very well done in general um, you can select the number of fields the ones that you are trying to manipulate uh, obviously you can do this with your csv as well but this is very very interesting experience um, that they are able to provide and again uh, they are trying to make it easier Uh, for the merchant. So I absolutely love uh, the bulk editor feature. This is the React uh, framework uh, and they are doing hydrogen on oxygen. Uh, That's how they are trying to position their uh, headless framework. You know, absolutely love it. Um, And I have tried to capture the whole development process. Some people are going to argue that you probably require the whole development team PMO. But actually, if you look at workflow, you can literally launch your store in seconds, and after that, you can customize the templates as much as you like. Uh, so I am a big fan of the way they have done it, but the experience is very similar. Whether you are going to be looking at Commerce Tools or uh, Vtex or ACL Commerce, those are really uh, – they have done really well in the uh, in the headless uh, world.
0: You know what? I, I just got the, the little uh, developer joke. I, I think it's kind of cute. So you said – they're doing hydrogen on oxygen, and before they had their coating as liquid. Okay, you need to explain the joke. Sorry. <laughs> okay, so hydrogen and oxygen H two O is right. water. That's yeah. liquid. Gases yeah. act as a liquid, so right. it's just full. Circuit. Yeah, yeah, I,
2: I agree. I agree. I agree. That's uh, they are trying to position themselves as uh, in that, and that's how their marketing and branding is. So we might see a lot more, um, you know, similar terms, I guess, even in the future well it,
0: it reinforces that their ux is really really good yeah
2: in the marketing and branding
0: is yeah, really yeah, good yeah 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 but see the, the good ux backs up the marketing branding. you have a lot of marketing branding out there that falls dead once you actually have the user experience and this this is they're doing a really good job of tying it together
2: Completely agree. The way Google is doing, I mean, they go after food, I guess, um, you know, for their, yeah. Okay. So here uh, we have the GitHub uh, account. And again, this is the whole workflow that I am trying to demonstrate here uh, that, okay, the only thing you really need to do is a few clicks and then your store uh, is going to be up. It's going to be uploaded on. It's going to be connected with your GitHub. uh, So you can start modifying, which in my mind is mind blowing. The way the experience is done overall uh, with respect to headless, um, you can launch your uh, demo store. And in my mind, again, you know, even when you are going to be developing your custom uh, app, web application, nobody's doing it from scratch. They are probably utilizing the bootstrap uh, you know, platform, even in the Node.js world. Here, the difference is that you are getting the commerce capabilities which is very, very, very hard to build in my mind. It's not as easy. Uh, If you don't have the IT shop, uh, it's going to be really hard to build the capability such as, you know, cart functionality, uh, you know, all of those uh, feature sets. So here, this is the bootstrap version of uh, commerce, uh, which is what I really appreciate. So I'm actually going to pause the sharing now and we can open for commentary. Robert, any more jokes, commentary?
0: (laughs) No, I, you know, I like Shopify for beginning businesses and for select um, medium to large size businesses as long as they've done their homework and know exactly what they need and can match up. I think, you know, Shopify is is a force to be reckoned with. And I think, you know, Amazon keeps chopping its nose off despite its face. And, you know, there's a lot of people that are starting to reject them. And I, I think that is Shopify's opportunity.
2: Yeah, could not agree more. Great uh, commentary there and uh, great show overall. Any other last minute comments before we wrap, Robert? no nope. All right, guys. So that's it for today. If you joined for the first time, this was part of our e commerce series for which we meet every Wednesday at 5 30 p.m. Eastern. We review one vendor or the solution. So make sure you guys are going to be here next week. Uh, we are going to come back with another vendor or the solution. On that note, thanks everyone for joining tonight. Good night. I cannot not thank our guests enough for coming on the show, for sharing their knowledge and journey. I always pick up learnings from our guests and hopefully you learned something new today. If you want to learn more about Robert Brown, head over to rgbecamers.com. It's rgbecommerc Links and more information will also be available in the show notes. If anything in this podcast resonated with you and your business, you might want to check other related episodes including the interview with Jay Schneider who shares his insights into how B2B digital commerce processes differ from B2C. Also the interview with Ben Rednick who shares his insights into how companies can increase their revenue by improving the findability and searchability